Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, March 6th. It's going to be another really fun weekend on the ATP and WTA tours. We've got five events to break down as we have all week. The men and women competing in both Indian Wells and Monterey, Mexico simultaneously. There's also, of course, the WTA international event that sees this year's Australian Open singles champ, Sophia Kennan, still alive heading into championship weekend, although barely she got by by the skin of her teeth. We can break that down a little bit later, but before we get into any of that, I have to remind you listeners, as I always do, today's podcast made possible by our friends at Diadem Sports, and look, you know the deal by now. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Diadem helping tennis players around the world elevate their game by designing the most innovative tennis performance gear on the planet. Uh, Their rackets are developed with your game in mind, and whether it's power, precision, control, explosiveness, you like to chip and charge, you like to serve and volley, you're a Rafa Nadal-style grinder, I promise you they've got the racket that will not only bring out the best performance in your game, but will give you options to take your game to that next level. And it's not just the rackets, it's their strings as well, their elite XT, their solstice power, their evolution. I mean, their flash. They've got five different types. And look, everyone needs a different string tailored to your own game. We all know that if you're not comfortable with your racket, it's just going to be miserable for you on the court. And Diadem is certain that they've got a product that will accentuate the best features of your game. We were fortunate enough at Crack Rackets to get the chance to sit down with Diadem co-founder AJ Bartlett last week on our Cracked Interviews podcast. And he goes into great depth, a great uh, explanation of each of these rackets, how they're different. They're Nova uh, 100, of course. They're Elevate 98. And what style of, uh, what racket you should use, excuse me, depending on your style of play. And of course, it's not just the racket and strings. They've got you know, tennis balls for you as well. And we all know it. nothing is worse than you go to CVS. You're like, oh, I need a, in a pinch, I need a can of balls. Let me just try and grab these CVS ones. And of course, they've been sitting on the shelves for months and they're just dead. And you're like, oh, well, there goes that hitting session. That's not going to happen with diadem stuff. And of course, also great swag as well. Great gear. Uh, you've got the hoodie sweatshirt. You've got their, uh, their shirts. It's just, it's a great product. And so that's why we're so excited to be partnered with them. And if you go check out their website right now, diademsports.com, You'll get 50% off on your order if you use our promo code CR50. So not only are you going to come away with a new racket, a new string that's going to bring out the best of your game, but you're going to get to save a little money in your pocket as well. It's the ultimate trifecta. So please be sure to go check out our friends at Diadem. Go to diademsports.com. Use that promo code. They're so kind to be supportive of us. All we can do is ask that you, the listener, be supportive of them. Thinking, Speaking of supportive, I feel like I could, you know, I am euphoric right now folks after uh, I feel like I was supported all day long by the performances of the American men what a fantastic performance 
from them, not only in Indian Wells, but also in Monterey as well. They go 10-3 and three on the day. There are also some fantastic women's matches that I want to break down. Let's start, though, in Indian Wells, where folks... We have seven American men making the quarterfinal round. That's crazy, and I posted this on Twitter. And if any of you listeners have better context for me, please send me a DM at GreatShotPod or tweet at us at CrackedRackets. But I can't, you know, I've watched challengers for a long time. I watch them, and particularly the North American ones where our friend Mike Cation, fellow Tennis Channel Podcast Network brethren, is on the play-by-play call. You never want to miss Mike when he's on the call. Uh, I've watched a lot of challengers, and I really can't remember... The last time we had seven Americans in the out of eight quarterfinalists, I mean, I can think of Kalamazoo draws with eight Americans. You know, of course, boys 18s and under, those are only Americans playing the event. But I really cannot think of a time where we have had this sort of success at a singular event that it happened at this Oracle Challenger Series event in Indian Wells. does seem to bode well uh, for a lot of these players moving forward. It just, I mean, just karmatically, right? They're dominating an American Masters event uh, on the American. Masters event, I should say, site. Now, of course, this isn't a Masters level event, but just it was so cool to see. So let's start there and let's start with the men. I apologize. You know, we like to go ladies first, but the American men just too good today of results to deny them this sort of place. And let's start with a guy who hasn't had that much success to speak of over this past year and a half, at least singles-wise. Of course, I'm talking about American Jack Sock, who I don't know if he had a single singles win, if any, maybe one in 2019. Certainly, he hasn't gone on a winning streak since he won his Paris Masters event at the end of 2017. But here comes Jack Sock, got a first-round win, then yesterday, knocked or two days ago, I suppose, knocked off Hugo Umbert, the number one seed, the talented next-gen Frenchman who won an ATP title earlier this season, and you had to ask for Jack Sock, who again, and I don't remember who posted this on Twitter, I think it was one of the Alex's, uh, but he hasn't won three matches in a row since that Paris Masters, and for Jack Sock here against Evgeny Donskoy, you had to wonder how much does he have left in the tank, he is still working his way back from multiple injuries, and obviously when you have a big win, emotional win like he did over Ugo Umbert, you always wonder, is there going to be some sort of hangover? But the answer is a definitive no, and Jack Sock takes his match over Evgeny Donskoy, 6-4-4-6-7-6. In both sets, Sock won. He was down a break of serve in that first set. What was so fascinating, three all, he gets broken, sends a ball flying out of the stands. And, you know, if you've watched Jack Sock a bunch over his career, as I have, you know when he gets angry, you know, when he gets upset, you always wonder, "Uh uh-oh, are we about to see a real dip in his level? Are we about to see him just, you know, pack it in? and send it home and he did not do that clearly something you know snapped something clicked for him he immediately gets the break back for four all holds for five four and then breaks Donskoy again to take that first set six four and you know you look at the percentages and for Jack Sock he only made 55 percent of his first serves but he was just so effective with that first serve playing big plus one tennis his ball I think you look at the amount of RPM the amount of rotations the amount of spin RPM that's slang for the amount of spin these players, how heavy their forehand is. 
I think Rafa's number one, but I believe Jack Sox like right next to him at two, his forehand that heavy, that much pace. And you can tell, you know, with the big bounces, these Indian Wells courts, no Indian Wells courts, that just sounded weird. A lot of plurals there. Indian Wells is singular though. Um, That's just a little me thing. Hey, great shot. Uh, But for these Indian Wells courts, I mean, they're slow, very, very slow, high bouncing courts. And for a guy like Jack Sock, that means who doesn't want to hit backhands, who wants to run around, play his forehand inside out, open up an inside in for himself, get space uh, so that he can hit an approach shot and ultimately move forward. Uh, He played exceptional plus one tennis today. And even though he didn't make a lot of first serves to get back to my point, he was just so effective with that plus one tennis on the first serve. He goes 42 of 57 for a 74% conversion rate, you know, 24, 46, 52% on the second serve. And yes, he was broken three times. That does feel like it's notable, but it was once per set. And he also got a couple of the breaks that he needed, two in the first, one in the third to send it to a breaker. It's also worth noting when he got broken in that third set, it was 4-5-4. Four, four. Donskoy had a chance to serve for the match. He never got to match point, though, I don't believe. And that's a testament to Jack Saku, again, was running around his forehand. I actually thought his backhand down the line today looked really good. And when Donskoy tried to pick on that side and then tried to camp on that ad side so he could run around himself and hit a forehand, Sock did a really good job going down the line. I also thought that was his most effective passing shot as well, taking that backhand down the line. But most impressively, again, when he gets a clean look at the forehand, and Donskoy, to his credit, did a really good job attacking, did a really good job of playing behind Sock, who you can tell, you know, he's moving better, but he's still not in his prime fitness level, not the fitness level we saw from him in 27. Jack Sock, a fantastic athlete, not just powerful, but quick twitch-wise as well. He's as quick as anyone in terms of that first step, in terms of when he gets moving, gets going, his top sprinting speed. But he did a really good job of playing behind Sock, catching him, <clears throat> expecting uh, to go, that, that Donskoy would go to that ad side, target the Sock backhand. Donskoy would then sneak balls down the line uh, when Jack Sock didn't expect it. And it was a good match from him, but he double faulted that breakaway at 5 all. And when that happened in the third, you thought to yourself, okay, maybe it's going to be Jack Sock staying. He plays a really solid tiebreaker. Again, did such a good job moving forward whenever possible. We're all aware at this point of Jack Sock's double skills. He did such a good job accentuating uh, those skills, so accentuating in this match as he did such a good job moving forward and being the aggressor and you know even if you don't see the matches on live stream uh, livestream.com backslash ATP you can find YouTube highlights of a lot of these matches it was a really well-rounded performance for Jack Sock and it was a day where you know he actually lost one more total point than Don Scoy he won 102 Don Scoy 103 it was neither or, and it's a testament to Jack Sock, the fact that he has no reason to have that sort of confidence given what he's gone through over the past year, but he came through in the clutch here. He wasn't afraid. He played big. He played decisive. He played to win. He didn't play not to lose, and ultimately it gets him the win, and for Jack Sock with his three wins this week, he moves up 204 spots in the rankings. That is not an, an accident, folks. That's not me misstating something. No, 204 spots in the rankings. Now, 
it gets him all the way to number 564 and that's nothing to be you know ecstatic about but you know for him to just get these three wins under his belt a couple of them uh, you know to beat a top 50 guy like Ugo Umbert to win a, se- a match where it goes 7-6 in the third that does wonders for your confidence moving forward and you just have to think he's going to continue to get better and better as he plays more matches and you can just tell even you know it doesn't matter the level ATP 250 ATP Masters ATP Challenger that forehand is a weapon folks and just the way he can play aggressive tennis he's got the skills to continue to thrive to get himself back into the top 100 do I think he's gonna ever be top 10 again no I don't but do I think he can get himself certainly back in the top 100 yes even into the top 50 as well he's that talented of a tennis player he always has been and you know despite injuries some things never change and he's got it folks uh he just has that quality about him so a great win for him but that wasn't even the best American win on the day from the men the win of the day for me my match of the day and there are a bunch of 7-6 busters in the third a lot of tie breaks going uh, tie breakers are going American men's way American males American men going the way of American men hey great shot another grammar issue for me uh, but the win of the day for sure goes to Dennis Kudla who knocks off the you know young next-gen sensation, last year's next-gen finals winner, Yannick Sinner, 6-3, 6-7, 6-2. And what was most impressive in this match is Dennis Kudla you know, was at a power disadvantage. Yannick Sinner, if you've seen him play, that boy, can that boy you know snap off a forehand and can even play big on the backhand wing. But Kudla did such an exceptional job of making this a physical match, of extending rallies to you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13 shots a rally and even though he lost that second set and you know he was down an early break in that second and by the way for Kudlin that first set got the break around th- uh, like I think it was two all maybe three all and just held on to it the rest of the way he goes down an early two love break to Yannick Sinner and ended up getting it back had some momentum going into that breaker Sinner just hitting Kudla off the court a couple of times taking advantage of a couple of second serves from Dennis Kudla uh, but Kudla stayed the course and Again, we've mentioned this so many times when we've talked about Dennis Kudla. It was the big takeaway from so many on tennis Twitter after that match with Sinner. The Kudla backhand is special. And yeah, his forehand struggles. You know, he's 5'10", 5'11". Um, he, he's never going to overwhelm you with power, but you know, he made this match and it felt almost like a boys 12s match where it was like, yep, this is my advantage over Yannick Sinner. I have to play to his backhand as often as possible. I also have to be the one who goes down the line before Sinner does to be the aggressor. And it was all working for Dennis Kudla. Now on the Yannick Sinner side, he only made 56% of his first serves, which isn't great. You look at the total points, another either or Kudla 103, Sinner 99. And the biggest takeaway for Yannick Sinner, he goes one of of 12 on break point chances. That's, you know, again, it was one of the Alexes on Twitter who made a great joke last week. He uh, he was announced as, you know, Roger Fe- with Roger Federer, the global ambassador uh, for Rolex. He's also like Roger Federer, the global ambassador for blowing break points. Um, but it does feel worth mentioning that Sinner did not have a break point in that third set, didn't really have a break point after he got the break early in that second set. Um, but 
a lot of chances in the first set. This match should have either gone straight sets to Yannick Sinner or the way it did because he had a, a bunch of chances. And I would say for him, the big takeaway is he wanted to approach. He want, he knew he, he felt like he needed to, but he left a lot of approaches either too much in the middle third of the court or just he yanked them wide. He overextended himself. And, you know, he's still not that comfortable closing the net. Certainly Dennis Kudla did such a good job putting pressure on him, making that extra ball uh, and just hitting so decisively with his own passing shots. Uh, But Sinner had a bunch of chances now on the Dennis Kudla side. Five of seven on breakpoint chances, that's how you get the job done. Winning 75% of your first serve points, that's how you get the job done. Saving 11 of 12 breakpoints, that, of course, is how you get the job done. But it was just such a mature match from Dennis Kudla. He clearly knew physically he had Sinner on the ropes, and that's why he didn't let down after that second set. That's why we saw him sustain his level. And ultimately, he pulled out the win here in this match. And for Dennis Kudla, he's moved up 18 spots in the rankings this week with this quarterfinal. He's now Right near the top 100, he's at number 111 in the live rankings. And, you know, that's for, for given all of the events that will come up after Indian Wells in Miami at the ATP 250 level throughout the clay court season. He's going to get a lot of looks at ATP 250 or higher, or maybe not or higher, but 250 level events. And certainly he'll be seated at most, if not all, of the challengers he plays, uh, at least moving forward throughout the rest of the year. And I'm sure for Dennis Kudla, his goal, we all know how much he loves playing on the grass uh, courts, or at least that's what he's expressed when he was on our Cracked Interviews podcast in the past. Uh, his goal is just to get into that Wimbledon main draw, to not have to play qualies and be inside the top 100 at that time. And certainly, given that he's number 111, I know he's got points to defend throughout the year. They all do, uh, but he's in striking range. So a great result for Dennis Kudla uh, to beat the young, talented Yannick Sinner, who, by the way, given the withdrawal center into the main draw of Indian Wells. So good for him just to get acclimated to those points. And now he'll have a nice little, you know, four or five day window to correct ship and get ready for that Masters event. Those were the two headline matches, or at least those were the two headline matches, three sets that went the ways of American in Indian Wells. Last one to mention real quick, Gregoire Beret, uh, Beret the number nine seeded Frenchman, who I believe second or third round of the Australian Open this year, knocks off Francis Tiafo 4-6-16. Two seven six in a third set buster. Now, you know, I wrote about Francis Tiafo extensively last week, but for him, it's same sort of issues, right? He, you know, uh, Bray did a great job of finding the forehand. Tiafo uh, only wins 58% of his first serve points, 47% of his second serve points, faced 10 break points on the day, saved five of them, but just when you face 10 break points, that's always going to make things difficult for you and just you know, things broke down for him, but this was a really good match. It was an either or, and you know, that it did feel like Tiafo was going to have a shot there at the end to take the breaker. Went down an early mini break, ended up, I think, getting back up on serve three two or back at serve two three, and then things sort of fell apart a little bit from there. But great win for Gregoire Beret. You look at the other results, all American winners outside of that Gregoire Beret over Francis Tiafo match. Uh, in terms of the American on American crimes, Mitchell Kruger knocks off the young stud, Sebastian Corda, who we had on our, we've had both of those guys on the Cracked Interviews podcast. In fact, the next four people I'm going to talk about, all Cracked Interviews guests, Mitchell Kruger, 2-1 and one over Sebastian Corda, Noah Rubin, 3-1 and one over former USC's, uh, all-American Ray Sarmiento, you look in the rankings for Kruger and for Rubin. You know, Mitchell Kruger had those, as I mentioned, those Dallas Challenger title points come off for him last week. Uh, He's sitting right now outside the top 200, but 
comfortably into slam qualifying range. He's at number 205 at this moment, and that should get him into all of the challengers. He wants to play for Noah Rubin, a desperately needed quarterfinal here this week to steady the ship for him. Of course, this is one of our Tennis Channel podcast brethrens, and so... um, always, and one of my mishbukas, so I always have to give a shout-out to Noah Rubin, who's back up to number 222, uh, up 28 spots on the week with the results, so great wins in straight sets for both of them in terms of the other winners. Marcos Giron back up to his career high of number 102 as he knocked out Roberto Marcora, 7-6-6-1. Brandon Nakashima, the impressively and talented, uh, incredibly talented, impressively talented as well, young American, up to a new career high of number 236 uh, as he knocked off number 10 seed Salvatore Caruso, 6463. And then our last winner, Stevie J, Steve Johnson, highest seed left in the draw. He knocked out number 12 seed Taro Daniel, 7-6. 6 2 to advance to tomorrow's quarterfinal matches. I know that was an extended breakdown on the Indian Wells men, but again, seven Americans into the quarterfinals. Do you know how rare that is? I made this joke on Twitter. I feel like Mike McIntyre and Ben Lewis of our Matchpoint Canada podcast brother uh, friends, you know, they've been all in on the Lila Fernandez. They've had uh, so many great things going on in Canadian tennis, and justifiably so. They're euphoric. But today was that sort of day for me. I mean, it kept just going, what's the, what's the joke? Or there's a song that's like, win, 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 win. Uh, that's what today felt like. And, you know, I got a text from my friend, uh, for, former tennis Twitter personality, Jonathan Kelly, a former, I mean, he's still around. He's just off of tennis Twitter. Um, but he texted me and he was like, seven American men, exclamation points. I was like, I know. And it kept just going in capital letters on and on from there and there. So really exciting day for the American men in Indian Wells. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. For the women going on there, uh, only one American, uh, only two American women, no, one American woman left after today, excuse me. Um, and that American is number nine seeded Jessica Pagula, who continues her strong start, particularly on outdoor hard courts. In 2020, she knocked off Shelby Rogers in a battle of all, you know, all American uh, battle there in the round of 16. I have to be honest today, I, I was so preoccupied watching the American men. I did not get to see too many of these matches, but I don't want to leave you hanging. So in terms of the results... Uh, Misaki Doi knocked off Bernarda Pera, the number three seed, three six six four six four, in a three set battle. Number five seeded Laura Sigamund knocks off uh, Kurumi Nara of Japan, six two six two. Irina Begu another upset win over a seed as she knocks off Christiane, the number fourteen seed, six three six three. Number one seed Katerina Sinyakova knocked out by former top ten players Vera, Vera Zervanareva. Now it feels like it's worth noting. 
Zvonareva, who, by the way, is going to get into the Indian Wells main draw, I think, with a wild card. But she was a winner of Indian Wells. I think it was back in 2009. So she knows these courts quite well. I mean, her power, her movement, I mean, it continues to look better and better. I know she's coming off of injury, but you see her play, and you're just like, oh, yeah, that's why there's a top 10 play, you know, former top 10 player. I should say another loss from my predictions column from earlier in the week. I had Sinyakova winning this Indian Wells event. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case this week as she just got knocked out. You look at the other uh, seeds knocked out on the day that I haven't mentioned. Lin Zhu uh, knocked off by Olga Danilovich, 6-4-7-5. And then the other match between two unseeded players, Janina Vickmeyer, who beat Ali Risk for the first time uh, earlier in this tournament. She continues, though, to show off her impressive form early in the season as she knocked off Barbara Haas, 6-1-7-6 in straight sets. Um, And then finally, Laura Serenko, uh, or, Laura, excuse me, Le- uh, Alicia Serenko, 6-3-6-3 over Katie Bolter to end her run here at Indian Wells. That sets up a really fun quarterfinal day. Uh, again, we've got a bunch of All-American matchups. Stevie J taking on Noah Rubin in a battle of two guys who have participated in an NCAA singles final. Rubin for the Demon Deacons. Stevie J, obviously, in my opinion, the greatest collegiate t- male tennis player in history. Uh, he ended, what, with a 70-plus match win streak. Continues to be impressive. And I mean, it's a hometown guy enjoying his hometown tournament, certainly. So that's going to be fun. Jack Sock, Dennis Kudla, I believe, are friends. Kale Hammond wrote a piece on them for Tennis.com. They played, was it 2011, maybe 2012? I think it was 2011 in the U.S. Open Junior Finals. These are two guys who were at the head of their class. I think they're both 1992ers. The reason I know that, my older brother, also a 92er, and he doesn't like tennis as much as me, but there was a time when he did. Um, And, you know, those were the two guys that were at the head of his class. Speaking of NCAA champions, Marco Skirona, as I mentioned, still alive. A really fun match for him against Brandon. Nakashima. That's an all-Cali battle. And then our other match, Greg Barbera, are going to take on the, the, I guess, the comeback kid, Mitchell Kruger, who, again, was a winner today without dropping a first set six love. On the women's side, really fun slate of quarterfinal matches as well. Danilovich versus Serenko to kick off our day on center court, or on stadium six, excuse me, followed by the number nine seed Pagula and Begu. Zvonarega going to take on Sigamund, and then on court 16 to start us off, Masaki Doi taking on Yanina Vickmeyer. So that's the action in Indian Wells in Monterey. Again, another great performance from three American men, two of them, three set winners. The third, a 7-6-7-6 winner. Uh, Kevin King knocks off Guillermo Klesar, 7-6-4-6-6-4. Kevin King, the former Georgia Tech player. By the way, great result for college tennis players in Monterey as well as you have five former college guys, I believe, one, two, three, four, just kidding, four former college guys. Andrew Harris ended up losing today, but half the quarterfinals, former college guys. Uh, But on the American front, Ernesto Escobedo, big hitting battle. He ends up taking it over Ricardus Barrancas, 7-6-7-6-7-5 in both of those breakers. And, you know, if you watch that match, that 7-6-7-6 score, uh, yes, uh, Escobedo ends up winning the match, but Man, did Ricardus Barrancas have chances. He has 11 breakpoint chances on the day, uh, or Escobedo only five now. <laughs> to Escobedo's credit, he broke on three of those five breakpoint chances. Um, and, as, I mean, this was just a big-hitting match, folks. They both, whoever could go big down the line first or big cross-court, and it would go in. Uh, that's how this match was decided. And, you know, 
Escobedo went up a mini break, was up 6-4, had a service match point. Uh, Brankus ended up extending it, makes a good return, t- sneaks a backhand up the line, but then on the 6-5 point, Brankus hits the right first serve, gets the right approach shot, but that approach shot just goes a little bit wide, so Escobedo able to escape with the 7-6, 7-6 victory. Really good win for the young American as he looks to get back inside the top 100. He's back inside the top 200 now as he's ranked number 192 with this win. Ulysses Blanche, another guy who continues to hit career highs throughout this early portion of the season, excuse me, he uh, ends up winning his match against Paolo Lorenzi in three sets. And of course, it goes three sets. It's Paolo freaking Lorenzi. But the big serving, the big forehands, Lorenzi doesn't necessarily have the biggest weapon. So Blanche got a lot of chance to play big. And look, he's a little slap happy as Kale, another thing, Kale texted me earlier today. But when he plays big, it's awfully impressive. And so for Blanche, 6-4-5-7-6-4, he's riding that wave of confidence. He won his first event of the year in Ann Arbor, continues to look better and better. So that's a great win for him. And again, he is at a new career high. Another guy with a new career high, and that seems to be the theme today, uh, Alex Vukic, the former Illini All-American with his win today. And he knocked off uh, Bernard Tomic, 6-4-6-4. I'd like to say, hey, great shot to me because I called that on yesterday's mini break. Uh, Vukic up now to number 225, which again, that's a career high for the Australian and Look, he's going to get into slam qualies, which that's everything. Once you get into slam qualies, get the opportunity to play those matches. If you qualify for a slam, God willing, you win a first-round match at a slam, that's when the real points and, more importantly, the real prize money, uh, cha-ching, don't need a sound effect, but just so you guys know, uh, that's when it starts coming in. And so for Vukic, he has positioned himself really well uh, moving forward into the rest of this season. Uh, I mentioned Kevin King was a winner. The other college guy uh, who I didn't mention was a winner, J.P. Smith, the former Tennessee Volunteer, seven six six one for him over Gianmarco Moroni, Jason Jung, the, my fellow former Wolverine, go blue six one six two over Lorenzo Giustino, Pablo Andahar, the number three seed, knocks off Oklahoma Sooner Andrew Harris six two six two former Oklahoma Sooner, excuse me, and Adrian Manorino, the number one seed, the heavy favorite entering the week uh, championship weekend six one six two for him over Peter Polanski for the women in Monterey second half of the round of 16 was played today feels particularly notable that after struggling mightily early in this portion of the week in fact for Joe Conta uh, the number two seed here in Monterey for the women she came into this tournament with no wins and now she's knocked off Kim Kleisters which obviously doesn't mean as much in 2020 as it would have in 2000 or 2000 you know three to four to five range Uh, but for Joe Conta straight set win for her over Maria seven over uh, Tatiana Maria excuse me seven six six three to advance to the quarterfinals we also had Anastasia uh, Potapova knocking off Zidane 6 one six seven six six one, And then in our nightcap, you had uh, Aratska uh, Rus knocking off Lauren Davis, seven five six love And then as I mentioned, Alina Svitolina, who's been struggling terribly. That's why she wanted to play this match to get some confidence going into the home push of the Sunshine Swing. She gets the win 6-3-6-4 over Gavrtsova. Uh, to advance to the round of 16. That sets up, again, really fun slate of quarterfinal matches. You look at the schedule here today. Uh, you look for the women, and 
it's going to be really fun. Again, you've got uh, Kanta taking on Potapova in an all-seeded battle as well. Uh, not all-seeded in that one, but in the other all-seeded, you've got Marie Buskova taking on Yafan Wang. Uh, you've also got uh, Rus against Rebecca Pedersen, but perhaps the match of tomorrow, and there are a lot of good ones, folks, but the one that will have my attention, expect a full breakdown on our weekend mini-break podcast. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you'll get that in podcast form, but for everyone else, you can find those videos on YouTube uh, where we do a little video form. That's our way, you know, for the Patreon subscribers, not going to force them to have to look at my eyebrows as they're, you know, that's why they contribute to us. That's what the fees are for. Uh, But we, you know, we do want to check out that YouTube channel because super producer Daniel Westoff is up to some really fun things uh, that we can talk about in a second. But the match of the day, Alina Svitolina taking on 17-year-old Canadian sensation Layla Fernandez, who got a much-needed day off after her round of 16 win over Sloan Stevens. I mean, I'm all in. If you're asking me, am I going out tomorrow night? The answer, absolutely not, because I will be watching until that match completes, and then maybe I'll go out after that, but not until that match is completed, because that is by far my most enjoyable match of the day. Last tournament to talk about, just real quickly, let's talk about Lyon and talk about what's going on there. Uh, It's going to be a really fun slate of quarterfinal matches. Now, we did have some upsets on the day. Uh, You look at who got knocked off in terms of the seeds. Uh, We did have Kiki Medenovic, the number two seed, although she struggled a lot in singles, and I saw someone snap that rhetorically. I don't remember who on Twitter. Is it really an upset? But yes, it is because she ended up losing today to Anna Friedsim, and with all due respect to Friedsim, you look at where she's at in the rankings, number 129, yeah, that, that qualifies as an upset, so for Mladenovic, she got knocked out 6-3, 6-3, and number one seed Sophia Kennan almost joined her, she uh, fought off a match point against Jacqueline Christian, uh, ends up surviving though, 6-7, 7-5, 6-4, and again for her, it's the first time she's won two matches in a row since that Australian Open. First wins for her since that Australian Open title. And, you know, for you know what a Sophia Kennan match looks like, folks. Expect a lot of slices, a lot of changing of direction, just so many tools in her uh, chest. And, look, she uh, she worked them all today. Or tools in her, yeah, it's the tool the toolbox. Tools in the bo- toolbox, excuse me, in the chest. I don't know. Hey, great shot again. But for Kennan, just did enough to survive. Uh, she fought off eight of the 12 break points she faced for Christine, 8 of 14 on break points. And look, that's the difference. Thin margins here, 117 total points for Kennan, 111 for Christine. Uh It's a really good win for Sophia Kennan, who now advances uh, to the quarterfinals. The other players advancing to tomorrow's quarterfinal, or today's quarterfinal, excuse me, uh, Daria Kasatkina, the number 17, 3-2 over Irina Barra, and then, of course, Victoria Kuzmova, the number 8 seed, 6-4, 4-6, over Martin Sova. So, for our quarterfinal matches tomorrow, you have Kasatkina versus Kamala Georgie. That's a really fun one, folks. Kuzmova versus Friedson. Kennan versus uh, Oshin Doden. That's going to be really fun. But match of the day there, and that's probably the reason they put it last. Caroline Garcia going to take on Ali Van Yudvinik. Folks, I'm all in on that match as well. Van Yudvinik, one of my favorite players down the home stretch of 2019. And, you know, she got some much-needed wins here as well. So that should be a really fun match. And it's going to be a really fun championship weekend. And, of course, if you've missed any of the action from this week, be sure to go check out our website, CrackRackets.com, for our college tennis fans. And, you know, we have an action-packed weekend of college tennis that I haven't even talked about as well. We've also got Davis Cup matches this weekend, folks. I mean, best of both worlds, 
ton of tennis uh, to check out. And if you've missed any of it, of course, be sure to go check out our website, crackrackets.com. Go listen to the mini breaks throughout this week. I think they've held up pretty well. Also, a little tease for you guys. Had a really fun conversation tonight on the Great Shot podcast with the one and only the Guardians, Tumani Cariel, uh, talking about Maria Sharapova, talking about Kim Kleisters, and then some players will be watching down the home stretch as well as uh, we I asked him the question, you know, how uh, how do you think the spreading of the coronavirus, which of course is a more serious topic, and we like to stay light on these mini breaks, but uh, that'll be that's why it's a great shot podcast I did with Tumaini. Um, how he thinks that may affect you know these events moving forward. Certainly, you know, I know Italy uh, has said you, there will be no fans at sporting events for the next month in its entirety, and there's some pretty notable clay match uh, clay court events in Italy coming up. So we wanted to talk about all of that and more. That's a really fun conversation that should be available for our. Patreon subscribers, uh, I think as early as today. Uh, I'm recording this Thursday night, but it should be ready Friday, um, and then that will be released as a GSP on Monday as well, so be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout as well for, again, we've, we've gotten into the article form. Now that I have time to write, it's nice to flex those muscles again in my brain. Uh, we, what have I written this week? Let's think. I did my tournament rundown at this point, probably a little late in the week to read that, but have a lot of fun, as I always do, uh, with the article based off of the segment from our College Tennis Roundtable, giving our, or my, excuse me, power rankings right now, who I think, if the NCAA tournament was played today, would be the top eight seeds for the Division One men. That was a really fun article. Be ready for today's article as well. Best tweets. We've got so much fun content, by the way, on our way in Cracked Rackets. We're going to have a new mini-break segment next week, and I teased it earlier in the week. It's something we used to do as well with more frequency. I've talked about Kale a bunch. It's something he often comes on and does when we have him on the podcast. But be ready for that segment plus a new sponsor, and it's an exciting sponsor, folks. It's going to be you're going to like it a lot, I promise. Um, so be on the lookout for all of those things. And, of course, if you need immediate updates throughout your weekend, be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's all at Cracked Rackets if you want to follow me personally at Great Shot Pod and shoot me DMs. A lot of you have gone ahead and do, done that, and I really appreciate interacting with you fans. Uh, as you've noticed, it's been a lot of me going solo. Of course, Jamie uh, recently took on a job as head coach of a high school tennis team, so that's been consuming a lot of his time. Max Rothman busy as work at, with work as well, although as I alluded to in my power rankings and I believe on yesterday's mini break podcast, I'm really excited to go out and stay with him during this Indian Wells upcoming stretch. I'm going to get to go not only to my first USC-UCLA match, uh, but get to college cover that collegiate event the following weekend in Indian Wells, um, and as well as uh, get to you know, be at Indian Wells for the event. That's going to be really, really fun, and hopefully we'll get some great content out of it as well. So it's going to be an action-packed week, and of course, whenever we have action-packed week, I feel more and more grateful for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who, as always, have a f- of an editing job to do, but you know they, they, they never tire. They're just grinders. They are the Rafa Nadals of Cracked Rackets. There's just no quit in them. So huge shout out to them as always. Huge shout out, of course, to our friends at Diadem Sports, who again, diademsports.com, promo code CR54, all of your tennis gear needs. Shout out to our friends at Aero Bar as well, the only tennis-specific energy bar out there for you, which you can get uh, for 30% off using our promo code CRACK30. So be on the lookout for that as well. But for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for our friends at Diadem Sports and Aerobar, and from all of us here 
at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we hope you all have an exceptional weekend, folks. Enjoy a little bit more tennis. Tennis.